Hello, hello, and happy Thanksgiving from Mark and Taylor. This is Decaf, a production of the Beacon Center of Tennessee. And I don't know about you, Mark, but I'm thankful to be here today. Are you? I am. I'm I'm thankful we have two days off this week, too. That's also very exciting. Well, I'm also (laughs) taking Wednesday off. When you're listening to this, to our listeners, you'll be listening on Friday, and I will have been off for two days at that point. And the reason, and we'll talk about this later, but in a family of three girls and my brother-in-law, all of the girls have to be very responsible for food. And so taking Wednesday off was just something that I absolutely had to do. But we'll get back to that later. Everyone join me in wishing Mark a very happy birthday. His birthday was earlier this week. I will not divulge his age, but let's just say that I am and I look so much younger and more radiant than he does still to this day. I am 35. I am happy to admit it. I'm not like, uh, I don't care about my age, but yes, I did that and, you know, celebrated. We had a great day yesterday. I went out with Kira and her parents and went to the Christmas vacation pop-up bar in the Noah Hotel, which was very cool. And then we had, I got a, a steak and some uh, cacio e pepe um, potatoes. Oh. So a lot of, yeah, a lot of, it was, it was a nice birthday. It really, I know it sounds weird. And I talk about this, like, I don't care about my birthday. After 21, it doesn't matter to me anymore. It's only getting old and like, I, I, I don't dread it. I just don't care about it. I think 40 might hit me a little bit, but at this point, it just doesn't matter. Well, everyone knows that Mark is like one of my best friends in the entire world. And I know that Mark hates being surprised, but I still sometimes want to surprise him. So we got to Charleston last week and I was talking about knowing when his birthday was. And we sat down at lunch and I also bake a lot of cakes. I have an Instagram account for my cakes. And we sat down at lunch and I was thinking that I was being super like close to the chest, holding my cards close to the chest. And Mark goes, Hey, if you're thinking about making me a cake for my birthday, don't. And it just (laughs) took all the wind out of my sails because I was going to show up at your house with a cake, candles and celebrate. But I do understand we're all trying not to get that like holiday season gut going on. We got to keep that bod all situated so that we're not killing ourselves to get back on the treadmill before summer it was a very nice thought it, i think it actually took me a little bit to put it together because i was but i'm like yeah please don't do it <laughs> i appreciate it but and, and the thing is you're gonna make fun fatty which i love so i could eat that whole cake in a day so it was for the good of everybody but i appreciate you thinking about that and also <laughs> not making it for me so well that that's that's the gift <laughs> the gift is that i didn't make a cake but everyone hop in the comments email mark tell him happy birthday 35 you know i know that you think that birthdays aren't a big deal but I think they're the biggest deal. And I love to celebrate the people that I love. And you are one of those. So happy birthday, Mark. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Speaking of being thankful for people and things in our lives, in in the spirit of Thanksgiving week, which I know if you're watching the video, you can see I already have my Christmas lights up. (laughs) I am a big Christmas celebrator. We can talk about that another time. But I love Christmas, but also it is the week to be thankful. And having a heart of gratitude is very important, especially when you work in politics and there is not often a lot to be thankful for. So to kick this one off, it's kind of like the end of the year. We're doing a review of the year. The pork report's coming out in a few weeks. We're looking back at things that happened this year. And before we absolutely roast governments in Tennessee, let's take it back for a second and talk about what we're thankful for that happened in Tennessee this year. Mark, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'm going to do the weirdest one of something I never thought I'd be thankful for. And I think this is like when you insult people and insult institutions a lot, when they do something good, you should praise them. I am thankful. I can't believe I'm saying this 
in one scenario, no other scenarios, but I am thankful for the Metro Nashville City Council asking questions about this Titan Stadium. I'm thankful that they are bringing up a lot of valid points. I'm thankful that they are really asking the tough questions um, that I think, unfortunately, uh, the mayor and, and, you know, the state legislature hasn't asked. Um, and, and I am, you know, it, it's I'm glad this is still in the news and it wasn't just a rubber stamp. Hey, let's put the stadium through. They're asking real questions that the mayor doesn't seem to have answers for. So I am really thankful that this story and the Titan Stadium, which is you know, basically opposed by everyone in the state, is getting its day kind of in the media and people are getting a chance to ask questions and decide. So never thought I'd say it. You know, we rip on them a lot, but when somebody does something well, you have to praise them. So I am thankful to the Metro yes. National City Council for asking the right questions about the stadium. All right. It's actually a, a really good one. That's shocking. I am absolutely floored. And now I know why you didn't tell me about it before we started recording, because I would have thought that you needed, I would have called 911, <laughs> but I get it. I get it now. Well, I am thankful for the ESA program in Tennessee finally being up and running. We talk about it a lot. We talk about school choice a lot. I am, I, I won't say I'm a single issue voter, but I'm definitely a weighted issue voter and I weight education higher than anything else. And people who support school choice, because I do think this is so cheesy and I like want to kick myself before saying it, but kids are the future. And I think that it's unfair that certain kids get to go to great schools because their parents can afford it. And other kids might be stuck in a situation that's not serving them. And the ESA program and school choice really is the great equalizer. And so this year, after years and years of work and litigation and all kinds of things, we got the great ruling that allows children to opt into the ESA program. It lets families have options. And I can't imagine, I'm not a mom, but just thinking about parents, if they are deciding to make a switch from their school to a different school as they go into 2023, which is kind of crazy that it's already almost 2023, but they're looking at the spring semester and looking at going into a new school or even next fall and being actually able, financially able to consider options for their kids' education, that is such a huge deal to me. And I am so very thankful that the courts decided to do the right thing, that legislators stood up for this, the governor stood up for this, and all of our coalition partners that Beacon Works with stood up for this, parents spoke up. I mean, this is a huge, massive deal. And when I think about my career, I, I've been in politics for a long time, since 2014, in the policy space. And every year, there is one massive thing that dictates how I view my work that year. Right to work was really huge this year. But for me, it is education and ESAs and students being able to get into that program. That is what I'm so, so very thankful for this year. I want to add one more thing that okay, we're both thankful for that involves the city council too, is that we're both thankful that no voters listened to the city council when they said to vote no on one and they voted yes on one and Davidson County basically chose to ignore them. Um, so that was really cool too. So we're also thankful for the city, for them not listening to city council in the instance that they're wrong, which is almost all the time. Yes. Yeah, so thank you voters for uh, using your brains and not just your ears. You know what I'm not thankful for though, Mark, is drama. You know, you like drama. You like you drama. No, you like okay. drama. No <laughs> way. You're the one who loves following all this like Hollywood situation. You love all the Taylor Swift. No, you love drama so much. That's garbage. You love celebrity okay. drama. Le okay. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> okay. So maybe what I maybe what I don't like is being put into a dramatic situation. Okay. <laughs> I like to watch the drama from the outside, but I don't like to be put in a dramatic situation. And last week, 
the Swifties of the world, the Taylor Swift fans of the world were put into the world's most dramatic situation. And it involved Ticketmaster. People are calling it Ticketgate. Everything went wrong. Mark was with us. Mark heard too. How is that the world's most, that's insane to say that's the world's most dramatic situation is not being able to get tickets to a Taylor Swift concert. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think you need, to, li- I you need being... to get outside your bubble a little bit if you think that's the most dramatic situation in the world. Okay, I am just <laughs> relaying how I feel, Mark, and, and I just need you to validate my feelings right now. I will not. Stephanie and I, <laughs> Stephanie and I tried for so many hours and we were both successful to get our Taylor Swift tickets. But that's not what I want to talk about right now. Yes, that was dramatic. What I want to talk about is all of the elected officials who came out of the woodwork because now they had something to talk about, about Ticketmaster restricting ticket buying for their patrons. Now, I understand the Taylor Swift camp's frustration with, we told you guys the demand would be high. We told you guys that y'all needed to figure this out and Ticketmaster didn't. What I personally have a problem with is the government getting involved. That to me feels like, honey, we have holes in our roads. We have kids who need to be in better schools. We have cities that are, the infrastructure is falling apart and you want to investigate Ticketmaster. It made me think that this one politician who I won't say her name, but when I say it, I think everyone will know who I'm talking about. Maybe she just didn't get tickets and she's better and she's using her government position to do it. But I don't know, Mark, are we in agreement on this? Like we're, you know, sometimes we're not in agreement about these pop cultural things, but I feel like we are right now. Yeah, well, we are because you're being, you know, sensible in this. And so that's why we're in the agreement on this one. But no, it's, (laughs) but all the, it's not just this Taylor Swift thing. It's like when they get involved in these issues that have nothing to do with the government, like I don't want them to be involved in like whether college football players should get paid or not. Like that's not their job. I don't want them to get involved in like what the Washington commanders owner is doing. If like, it's just, they get in in these situations because of pop. I don't want them to get involved in the steroids thing with baseball. I don't want them involved in anything other than what they should be involved with. Just very basic government services and making sure that, you know, their constituents are taken care of. And it's, um, yeah, it's ridiculous. And, And I hate Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster has been a terrible company for as long as I remember. I mean, they've done a lot of things. Yes. They, they've lost lawsuits. And you know what? I, I blame one person. I blame Taylor Swift for getting involved with Ticketmaster. Like, even if they said they can handle it, yeah. they have, they've had a history of doing this. And I understand there's some weird things that go on that I, I that where, where, you know, stadiums have like deals with Ticketmaster. They have to sell their tickets on there. But it's just, I mean, Ticketmaster has proven time and time again to be, you know, not, not a great company. And there's a big issue with competition in that space. Again, not to say the government should force it, but because of all these exclusive contracts, I do think there's a real opening for a competitor. And I've seen a couple, I've seen like AXS tickets, I guess. Um, I know. And, and live nation was bought by Ticketmaster, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yes. Yes, it which, was. Which, and then people are looking into the monopoly aspect of it. But the fact is that, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a time right now. This feels like the cable networks or like from, or the cable TV from like 15 years ago. Like it's the time is right now for a real competitor to come out. I think Elon Musk should just fund a ticket competitor and, and, you know, not worry about t- t- Twitter as much. Be like, Hey, I'm going to fund a ticket better. I'm going to go with contracts with all these other groups. And, you know, as soon as these contracts are with the stadiums, people don't want to use ticket masters. Stadiums don't like it. Artists don't like it. They've just kind of, and it's not a monopoly because that's not the right word, but they have just almost the entire share of the market. Now there can be, it's not a monopoly because people can get in there, but they've done it for so long that I do feel like the time is right for a change. I don't think the government needs to be involved with this. It feels like this is not the government's job because, you know, a bunch of 
um, 16 year old girls and 30 year olds who think they're 16 um, want to get tickets to Taylor Swift. It just doesn't feel like it's, it's the right time to do this. <laughs> well, I will say so. You brought up Elon Musk creating a competitor. Taylor Swift in her statement about it says, we bring everything in-house because we believe in our people. We did what we thought we were convinced to do, which was have a deal with Ticketmaster because they said they could handle it and then they couldn't. It would not surprise me in the least if Taylor Swift and some other financial backers, some tech minds got together and created their own platform after this, which I think is great. I hate Ticketmaster. I've always hated Ticketmaster. Whenever I go to a small venue and they use like the little one-off platforms, I always love those things. I And people are blaming capitalism for this. This is not capitalism. This is cronyism. This is people in power getting together to make deals and making deals with their friends in the backroom stuff to get the stadiums and Ticketmaster all in the same stuff. This is not what this is. Capitalism is, I mean, shrug if you want, but that's, I, I do belief that that like this is not capitalism is other people entering the space and that's what i like yeah i mean it's not cronyism because i mean they, they, they make a, an exclusive deal a lot of that's done but it's like the stadiums are responsible and, and and if anything it's like a lack of options is the reason this happened i agree with that um and maybe mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say it's cronyism somebody made a deal but here's the thing is also taylor swift is kind of a history of not always um telling the truth um, so I just don't know that she's even telling the truth about what they talk about Ticketmaster with. Because I mean, you have to admit, as somebody who likes her, she has a history of stretching the truth at minimum. With well, whole, maybe a little with bit. The whole Kanye <laughs> Beyonce thing—they released the tapes, so you know she well. was stretching the truth. So I don't necessarily believe her, and also I don't think Taylor Swift loves capitalism either. So maybe this is part of her. I don't you think know, she does either. Personally, I'm not sure she does. So, um, but it's like, but maybe this is. Maybe, maybe this will be her real world education into capitalism. Yeah, but people are dumb. When these things happen, everybody blames every problem on capitalism. Everything that the government does, that's they blame it on capitalism. That's kind of like we always talk about right to work. Like that's right to work is like the catch-all for all the issues people have in society. Like, oh, my cat died. It was right to work. I feel like that is similar to capitalism like everything that goes wrong you know you had the blue check marks blaming it on capitalism matter it's like oh yeah the government restricted this the government did this like oh yeah but it's capitalism's fault because they're greedy it's it's so i mean people don't learn from instances like that they don't understand that you know more competition is better and and that's why you have to give somebody you know bono right for you too uh yeah, yeah, yeah okay. iconic. But he's one of the smartest <laughs> men there is. Like he was somebody who I don't know if he's a socialist, but he's really into government control until he saw all the impacts of this. And like basically, it's come now. I think he's still, you know, I think he's still liberal personally, but he's come to that like capitalism is clearly the best form of government. He's seen all the third world countries. He does a bunch of humanitarian work, and like he's actually learned from that. I feel like a lot of the American celebrities they don't really understand it, and you keep having the same like media personalities say, "Oh, let's blame capitalism because it's just it's just the punching bag when." anything goes wrong and when you try to explain anything about how the government was involved in it, almost like we said almost no market in america is completely free market right it's all has government restrictions on it and a lot of like markets specifically healthcare, is is not free market at all so when you blame capitalism you just sound dumb but the problem is uh, it's just that's really frustrating and i know taylor swift's not smart enough to figure it out so that's all i'm going to say maybe but that's why i say maybe she'll partner up with someone who is smarter than her and they will figure this out and get us a new ticket platform that actually understands demand and can make this work that's all i'll say i'm fingers crossed in 2023 for a new ticketing platform because Ticketmaster is the enemy. I don't think anybody's fa- I don't think anybody has failed at their jobs more than Ticketmaster in the past 20 years. Can you think of can you think of, of maybe can you think of an organization that has been so bad at what they do 
other than Ticketmaster? The NCAA. The yeah, NCAA. Okay. They're pretty bad at what they do. Yeah, okay, but, fair. What is, what is a that's like profit, the only two. What is a for-profit company, though? Like, the only reason they can stay in business is because of all these, like, exclusive deals they have. But, yeah, I mean, Ticketmaster has been a disaster for a long time. And it feels like, as much as you know, I don't care for Taylor Swift. I liked her stuff, like, 15 years ago. But if this situation makes like the Ticketmaster not the only option, then God, thank God for Taylor Swift. I never thought I'd say that, but thank God for her. I'll get your dad to put it on a t-shirt for you for Christmas and leave <laughs> it under the tree. <laughs> um, let's talk about college football real quick. It's rivalry week. And I, uh, I always get heartburn before the Alabama Auburn game. Wait, hang on. Before we talked about rivalry week, I can't believe I just skipped over this. Oh, yes. Mark was blowing up. <laughs> Mark was blowing up my phone Saturday night because because this is what we do is we talk about when Tennessee fails. This is what we do is we're like, oh my gosh, guys! I know that there's a lot of people listening to this podcast who are Tennessee fans, and there are a lot of people that I know and love who are Tennessee fans. So I'm going to be as gentle as I possibly can. But holy crap! That was not just a loss. That was a beat down by South Carolina. I was I was sitting in Shake Shack. I was sitting in the movie theater most of the game, watching it on ESPN because I was watching the scariest movie. And so I was watch I was looking at the scores on ESPN, went to Shake Shack, and Mark texted me, and all he said was, Oh my gosh, Tennessee. And I like our brains are always on the same wavelength with things like this. Truly a shocking game. Truly shocking game. Now Hendon Hooker is out for the rest of the season. Truly, truly shocking turn of events Saturday night. And I actually wanted Tennessee to win because I bet on them to win the national championship and they they were in that. I got them to 50 to 1, which is a good number. Uh, it was a probably the most shocking loss of the season at this point. Uh, Easily. It, it, Easily. It, and again, like you said, it's not just they lost. It's like they got just blown out. Like they were dominated in every aspect of the game. Now, my takeaway is I wasn't sure the whole year. Gosh, I hate I hate how like the second I'm on a team, I'm like finally I believe in Tennessee. Then they then they show this like like they lost to Georgia badly. I've been on here the whole time. This shows me more than anything that the SEC is not good. It's Georgia, and then everyone else is not good. I mean that's how I feel. And, and like you look at these non-conference games, and Alabama is not a good football team. Again, they struggled with no. the Division One AA team or FCS team for a half last game. It's like Ole Miss lost by a million. Georgia is very good. Probably the best team in the country. My bet to win it all. But I mean, who knows? It's going to be very close. It just, this is such an embarrassing game because Tennessee was finally back, it seemed like. But I think when you mm-hmm. look, you got to take a step back and look. It's like, well, you know, everyone thought Alabama was this great team when Tennessee beat them. They're not. So what does Tennessee have on their resume? They have that one, you know, very good one against LSU. I am still absolutely not so on LSU being a great team. I think Georgia is going Same. to lay down the hammer on them, the SEC championship game. I think it's going to be, you know, Agreed. it's going to be a 38-10 game, something like that. So I just feel like Georgia's very good. Um, Tennessee had a good season. I think that they still overachieved based on what was expected. They do have a good backup quarterback. It'll be interesting to see how they move forward. They're obviously out of national title contention. Um, mm-hmm. As a note, I will be furious if LSU gets into the playoff. Absolutely furious. Dude, no, no team that loses to Florida State should be in the playoffs. No, no, that is, they are a mediocre football team. They should not be in the playoffs. And this is the first time I'm going to side with you and say the college football playoff selection committee needs to put their SEC bias aside and pick teams. And I will maybe never say this again. I've never agreed with you on this, but the college football playoff committee has a bias. And now that Alabama is not the apple of their eye, I feel like I can and will and willing to say this. If LSU is in the playoffs, I am going to riot. 
It might just be me and Mark rioting, but I will riot. That is not a deserved position. Thankfully, they're going to lose to Georgia, so it won't it won't matter. But honestly, as much as sure. I, I still think Alabama is better than LSU. I, I do, and I don't think Alabama's good. I mean, they they lost the game I on know. the road, so it's like it's just a uh, that is the case. Right. But rivalry's coming up, and the playoff situation is so cool right now because you basically have Georgia, who's in no matter what, right? You have the Big Ten sure. champ, who's in no matter what, which would be either Ohio State or Michigan, whoever wins this game. Um, and then which it's is just really, so fun. I know, and then TCU just keeps winning games. It, it's they they keep winning, <laughs> and it's like everyone keeps expecting to lose they keep being underdogs by two or three points and they just keep winning close games so it's like i don't know if they're any good or not i don't think i mean if i'm i I think they should be ranked third right now i don't think they're good though like i mean i'm not sure they can do anything but they keep winning that matters and then you have clemson who's doing well you have usc who you know who plays notre dame which will be a really fun game this weekend he's a top 15 Mm -hmm. team um who just Mm -hmm. already, already knocked off clemson so it's a really exciting time. And I think it's it's cool for people to see other teams. That was cool about Tennessee. I know you don't like Tennessee, but it was cool to see a team like them in the top four. Because you, you, we haven't seen that in like 20 sure. years. They've been irrelevant. No. Even right. USC. I don't like USC. We, they've been irrelevant for the last 10 years. You know, we're, we're seeing these teams. TCU hasn't done anything since like 2002. Forever. So it's cool see, I know. It's, and Michigan was bad. I mean, Michigan was good last year. But before that, they were kind of mediocre for about 10 years. Bad. So it's cool to see yeah. other teams in this situation where it's not just, oh, Alabama, Clemson, pretty much is Alabama Clemson. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I have two friends that um, the wife went to Michigan and the husband went to Ohio State. They're high school sweethearts. They're married now. They throw a rivalry party every year and I uh, they're pregnant with their first child. So whatever the child is, uh, whatever fan the child decides to be, that's going to be a, a hotly contested thing uh, next year because she's very pregnant. But I am excited to watch Alabama and Auburn because I live for this game, but I'm more excited to go to their rivalry party and watch Ohio State and Michigan because I personally don't think that Michigan's that great of a football team. And so I think I will be cheering for Ohio State. Sorry to all my Michigan girlies out there. But that is that is what I'm really looking forward to this week is actually watching a solid good rivalry game because Lord willing, Alabama and Auburn won't be close. Mississippi State and Ole Miss could be close after what happened last week. Who cares? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But what I what I do want to talk about though, really quick before we change subjects, is the Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss Auburn drama that burst forth on the scenes last night on Twitter. I, my personal theory is that he will accept a job at Auburn. And the reason that he's not saying so right now is because he doesn't want to bum his team out before the egg bowl. What do you think, Mark? That's probably true. Um, The thing is, he had a pretty drastic, like, I'm not taking it. seemed like, I mean, it would, after there was reported he's going to take the Auburn job, he was pretty adamant. We're like, it's going to make him look kind of like a jerk if he takes the job. So I don't know. I mean, I tend to think that well, most reports. <laughs> he's Lane by, Kiffin. He is a jerk. That's true. <laughs> most reports by sports media are generally right. Not always, but I would bet that he does go to Auburn. I do think it's probably a mistake, if I'm being honest. I think at some point jumping, he's jumping from team to team. This is going to be like his fourth or fifth team. Like there's no, and Auburn's a a good job, but Auburn's still not a top 10 job. So there's even more places for him to jump at some point. It's just a weird, I think it's weird. His career trajectory that he's like NFL, Florida Atlantic. And he just kind of went up. It's like at some point he'd say, I'm going to stick with this team unless I get a great job. So I think it's weird. It's like, it's a mild upgrade, but it's not that much of an upgrade to go to Auburn from Ole Miss. 
Well, did you see something that I didn't? Because I never saw on Twitter that he categorically denied going. I saw that he said it hasn't been offered yet and was like very adamant about it hasn't been offered. There's been no offer. He, he shared a, a meme or whatever, basically saying how it was all like, I yeah, and I, I took that as maybe not categorical denial, but I took that as like, listen, like this is not what you're saying it is. And, you know, and he kind of, it was kind of a shot at the media that was what it seemed like as mm-hmm. if like i don't know i yes. think it would make him look bad if it, it's an interesting situation and you know the sec is what people care about i just think it's i also think it's weird not that they're rivals but i think going from any school to another school that you consider like a rival is weird obviously he coached at alabama but even Ole Miss, like, going from one sec school to another i, I just don't love it i gotta be honest i don't love it he's a great coach though and i mean outside of saban and smart i mean he's got to be the next best coach in, in the sec Actually, Brian Kelly, he actually might be the best coach in the SEC, period. I, I read something about like, you know, he's played in Notre Dame all these years. He finally has a team of athletes that can compete and he beats Nick Saban the first time they play. So it's like maybe yeah. Notre Dame's athletes were not quite what they need to be to beat Alabama. And it's, it's those LSU athletes. Maybe so. Who knows? Only time will tell. But we will revisit next week after Rivalry Week and uh, talk about more of the playoffs. Before we head out, uh, let's talk about Thanksgiving for a second. I asked Mark before the podcast, what do you bring to the table at Thanksgiving? He said, what do you mean? And I said, what I bring to the table is the world's best mashed potatoes, barefoot Contessa's green bean recipe, an apple pie, and my dazzling wit and sparkling personality. Mark, what do you bring to the table at Thanksgiving? I bring a, I bring a zest for food. Um, I, I don't know if that's... Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I don't, I'm not Do you useful. wear your fat pants? But I told you, I also don't... I mean, I know this is controversial. I just don't like Thanksgiving food. I think it's mostly you trash. Don't. I think I love mashed potatoes and I like um, sweet potato casserole. But like outside of the potato family. You like family, the marshmallows. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. But like <laughs> outside of the potato part of it, I have no interest. I think turkey's so mediocre. And it's like, I'm just not, I'm looking forward to the day and I look forward to football and spending time with family. But like, I don't care. Like, I would not, if somebody asked me to make something, I would bring like, Wendy's or something to there. I will say this is cool. My family, you know, we all do like for Christmas, we cook dinner and, and or whatever they do, you know, roast beef sandwiches, uh-huh. Northeast stuff. But recently started doing um Chick-fil-A nugget plates of like 200 nuggets. And that's my favorite, oh, new, yeah. my favorite new tradition. So I wish we could make that Thanksgiving too, but I don't think here's as into fast food as I am. And they're more into like, they're doing like chicken that's meatballs, fair. which is you know, nice, just not. Sounds amazing. Yeah, but not. That's not. not I just want. So I want to eat. I want to eat steak, and I want to eat. You know, mashed potatoes. I want to drink beers, watch football. I don't know. I'm a simple man, and I miss those. I mean, I'm excited to do this. But I miss those Thanksgivings to myself when I, you know, go to New York City and watch football all day and just oh, eat, yeah. eat whatever I wanted. No, there's no rules about having to eat turkey or whatever. I just turkey's so mediocre. Chicken's mediocre if it's not fried or or breaded. I don't know. I'm just I'm just not that into it. So okay, I bring well, nothing I'm to the table. Excited. Yes, yes. You, you bring, bring nothing to the table. You, you bring negativity, and I bring <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I bring a whole lot of food, and then post food, I bring card games and bananagrams and football talk. And I don't know. Does your family go around the table and say what you're thankful for? On Thanksgiving, every single year we do that. And every single year, my answer is the same. And that is, I am thankful that I was not raised in an Auburn family. Every (laughs) single year, I am thankful that we are Alabama fans. So that is what I'm thankful for. I don't get that thankful this year to be an Alabama fan, right? I mean, I still am. Crimson Tide till the day I die. Listen, anything is better than Auburn. Compared to Auburn, yeah. Anything <laughs> is better than Auburn. That's true. So, Mark, while I while I wrap this up, think about what you're thankful for. This year, I'm thankful, as always, for my health, my family, my friends, and that I was not raised in an Auburn family. Mark, 
What are you thankful for this year? I am thankful that I am healthy now and that the Jazz the jazz season has been honestly like the greatest. This has been the best basketball season of my life so far. It's been 19 games in, but it's just, this has made me happier than I think any sports thing that's ever happened. So it's 19 games in the season. So I feel like that's something to be thankful for is the hard work and perseverance of the upstart Utah Jazz. I love that. And we are thankful for all of our listeners and all of our followers here on Decaf. And with that, we hope that all of you have a happy and healthy and safe Thanksgiving. We will see you back here next week. Uh, Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This has been Decaf by the Beacon Center of Tennessee.